and welcome back to the Eurotrips Formula One podcast. It's been a little while since our last F1 podcast. Simply put, we just haven't had time, really. But we've come back at, at the right time, as it's currently the mid-season break. We've just gone into the summer, but we have so much to go through. And to help me, as ever, I am joined by my co-host, Drew, and our regular guest, Sam. Oh, bit of interference there, Ryan. Hello. Hi, uh, uh, thanks, um, thanks for having me back on, guys. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back on. Let's, uh, let's talk about some F1. That's all right. Always welcome on, Sam. Um, obviously, we've got a lot to get through today. We've had some questions as well uh, from some of our normal listeners, um, ranging from topics such as Sebastian Vettel's retirement to the driver movement that we've seen over the last 24 to 48 hours. And obviously what's happened so far, because we only covered, I think, the first one or two races, maybe the third race, I'm not sure. But obviously there's been a lot that happened since then. So a lot to get through. But with Sebastian Vettel's retirement, did this come as a surprise to either of you two that this was coming about? I have to admit, for me, it did come as a surprise because although he isn't driving to the same standard that he was when he was at Red Bull, obviously, and even at Ferrari, obviously, he's in a very poor car at the moment, which doesn't help. And maybe it's, I, I, I think it's more to do with the lack of offers, maybe, and how poor the Aston Martin car is, rather than the fact that he's perhaps ready to retire, in my opinion. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. Um, I personally, I am also surprised, like you were saying, Ryan. I think, um, I am, I'm surprised, like, for the fact that he, obviously, Seb's younger than many of us to retire, like, for example, Kimi, obviously, Fernando's still doing it, um, you know, not even now, but I think the way Seb's career's turned out, obviously, he had the sort of last couple of years at Ferrari, which weren't great, um, he's turned around on Aston Martin, um, and I personally think now for him as well, he's going out on a high, like, their last, um, especially this season, he's had some very good results, you know, getting, you know, a pretty high points finishing positions in an Aston Martin which is not great or you know at least the start of the season was absolutely rubbish compared to what it is now but uh, there's there's something weird of the Aston like you were saying that the qualifying results don't qualify don't um you know are completely different to what they are in the race they're quite good at race but in the race but like um but yeah in qualifying it's you know regularly out in Q1 is very weird and he doesn't really seem at one of the car um yeah, I, th- I'm not, I was surprised that uh, Seb announced his retirement, but I think rather than sort of uh, going on and on and on and not being at his best, he sort of got back to his best a little bit and going out on a high is always uh, nice to do and he will be remembered very well um, in, in years to come. Drew, what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I, I'm very much like you guys. I was surprised, to be honest, especially with Mick coming in. Um, I thought he'd want to hang around for a few more seasons yet you know um obviously being that sort of father figure to him that he is obviously they've got a great friendship and stuff like that as well um yeah unfortunately with Aston Martin though in terms of the car and the team itself they're not really performing how they should and I think that's got to surely contribute to part you know part of the reason of his retirement I I think there's some element of him being fed up there um He's also got to compete with Stroll. He's never going to really be number one at Aston Martin, is he? Um, and, I, you know, he's just... 
it's hard for it. Like he can't even maintain uh, any sort of decent, consistent results. Um, you know, he is basically in one of the worst cars at the moment, in my in my opinion, anyway. Um, and like like Sam was saying, you know, it is kind of like he's at a high at the minute. Like he's got so much respect. He's had such a great career. He's been, you know, world champion, drove some great teams. Um, and there's probably no better time to do it, really. Um, you know, like I say, he is younger than a couple of the other older guys, but, uh, you know, like your Alonso and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Alonso uh, fills in. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to that in a minute. We had a question about that, actually. But in terms of this season, I was looking at the stats between Fell sort of against Stroll. Obviously, Vettel's got 16 points, currently 14 from the championship. Stroll's down there in 18 with just four points. So, obviously, he's massively outperformed his teammate, which is obviously always, you know, the golden objective uh, in a team. So, so this is what I mean. Like, obviously, yeah, in terms of performance and results, yes, he has. But I still don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not got that number one driver chance. Like, Stroll is daddy's boy. And will always be the best in his eyes, I think. Yeah, perhaps, like I say, I mean, I often get criticised, not, not, well, criticised is probably the wrong word. Um, I get a lot of shit for the fact that I like Lance Stroll. And, I, I mean, yes, obviously he's in that seat because his father owns a team. There's no, you know, there's no doubt about that. But I don't, I don't like to often criticise F1 drivers in, in any way because you have to have a certain level of skill and athleticism to obviously even drive an F1 car. And, you know, he's not performed, obviously, to the level of the other drivers on the grid. But I think that's mainly down to the fact that we're seeing such a high class of driver at the moment, especially over the last couple of years. And it seems so that's only improving as well. So I think it's more to do with that rather than him actually being just plain out and out rubbish. But... Again, I, I still think we could have seen a little bit more from, from Vettel at least another year or two. Maybe it's more the fact uh, that he, obviously we all know that he's really into you know um, things off the track in terms of you know climate change and things like that. You know, he was always at one of these climate change events. He's always talking about it, wearing T-shirts, like same as Lewis Hamilton as well. And he's asked, well, you're an F1 driver, you know, one of the, you know, most fossil fuel, you know, uh, using sports in the world. And he didn't really have an answer for it. He always had to admit, like, yes, he is. So I wonder if that's impacted his decision as well. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's a strange one, really. I don't think he's really gone too in-depth about it yet. And perhaps he will at the end of the season. Hmm. I mean, you know, again, off the back of leaving Ferrari, like, he didn't exactly go to Aston Martin. I don't think in great spirits. No, like he was treated like absolute shit uh, towards the end, and he was all again. Obviously, Leclerc, love him, great driver, but he was always second best to him. And again, in my opinion, like I know, obviously, in terms of race result, he's outperformed Lance. But mm. you know, for me, you'd just be sitting there thinking, "I'm fed up." He is getting older. Realistically, what are his options if he weren't to stay there? Oh yeah, I think that's that's what's impacted his decision, in my opinion. The fact that 
He's looked around. He knows he's not going to get a better seat than the one he's already in, probably. So why, you know, why play out the rest, you know, the remainder of his career in a in a rubbish car? I fully understand that, especially when he's got a young family as well, which is the main thing he he actually said about in his Instagram video. So maybe it is, you know, simply just down to that, and we're sort of reading too much into it, really, but. Obviously, it'd be a shame to see him go because, I mean, Mm. when he was at Ferrari, um, I really didn't like him. I had a strong dislike to him. Maybe it was just because he was Lewis Hamilton's direct rival. But the more and more you watch of him, the more you listen to him over the years, I think he's sort of grown to become one of the most loved drivers, perhaps on the grid now. And for me, I I, I love listening to to him talk. And obviously, he'll go down as one of the best drivers of all time those four world titles at Red Bull just an incredible achievement and um, obviously it'll be sad to see him go I couldn't agree more I think that um, as well you talk about everything that he does off the fit off the track as well you know with the environmental issues and stuff he'll be remembered on and off the track and not a lot of people have that um, and yeah I, I can everything he's doing like for example when even at Silverstone he did the uh the lap in Nigel Mansell oh, yeah, um, Williams in his um in the one hundred percent like uh what was it called? Um it was I think I think it was biofuel at that time, but you know the Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um he does he does a lot of that kind of stuff. Um and yeah, he he's just there, like he's using his image to portray a really, really important message of the way the world is right now. And that's you know, for someone who's you know quite young you know like the three of us are it's quite nice to see rather you know someone do that and for, for all the little kids and stuff out there as well that are just getting into f1 is you know they'll they'll see that and think oh what's that and you know he's doing it for a reason and it will be, he will be remembered for that it's very um, kind that you've just and, called us young sam yeah well, <laughs> and he, uh, like you were saying as well he's one of the greatest drivers of all time um, most talented as well. Obviously, he could have had a few more championships. So Ferrari had got their act together, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> so um, honestly, when, when you when you when you just said what you said, I honestly thought you were going to mention his litter picking at Silverstone. That's what immediately came into I, my I head. I mean, I, I was getting there. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like he, everything he does. Yeah, it's just great to see, and he's it, he's a great role model for people. One hundred percent. He 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 is and. That's what I like so much about him and Lewis, especially, is the fact that they're they're using their influence um, for good, and that's that's spreading these you know very positive messages. They're opening people's eyes and you know getting it out there a lot more, and they should be praised for that a lot more often than they should, and not just sort of moaned at and groaned at by people who think, you know, you see it all the time, people just saying, oh, just shut up, you know, stop going on about it, you know, you're you're here to race and things like that. Well, no, you know, they're there to ultimately use their influence to help make the world a better place at the end of the day. So I'd like, to, you know, to see him. Exactly, get- I mean, they, they, that's how they should, you know, like they, in any sport, they, they have role models to look up to, but it's not just in the sport itself, it's how how they are as people and then that's how children are going to grow up to idolize people you know their attitudes and their behaviors come from people like that basically 100 percent um like i say it's going to be 
I'm glad that he's announced it halfway through the season so he kind of gets that that send-off throughout the whole of the season rather than just announcement towards the end. Um, so at least people now will, I think, appreciate him a lot more. And yes, obviously it'll be sad to see him go, but also it's, it's good in, in, in a sense. You, you do want to see these drivers go out on a bit of a high. And obviously with so many young drivers waiting for a seat at the moment, I think it looking looking at it, it could have gone either way, but yeah, um, I think that's enough Sebastian Vettel talk for the moment. And they call it silly season, which is a phrase that I'm not that familiar with because, you know, I've only been really into F1 for the last three or four or five years. But the last 45 hours, or 48 hours, I should say, have been pretty much that. Obviously, it all started with Fernando Alonso's announcement that he was leaving Alpine for Aston Martin. And from what I've read, I don't think it's just sort of come out of nowhere, really. And it surprised me because it's it's a downgrade, in my opinion. And that's just a fact when you look at the cars on the track this season. Set into motion the fact that Alpine announced Oscar Piastri as their driver for next season. Now, everyone kind of knows Piastri's name, even though he's never really been in an F1 car for a Grand Prix. He's that talented and he's that well thought of that, you know, there's all, all this buzz and excitement that he's going to get that seat. A few hours later, he came out on Twitter and said he's not driving for Alpine next season. And basically, it's just a whole massive mess at the minute. And if you lead into the reports, it looks like he's going to go to McLaren be teammates to Lando Norris with Daniel Ricciardo losing that uh, uh, McLaren seat and potentially going back to Alpine, which obviously was Renault when he was there. Um, it's all a bit mad, really, and a bit sort of confusing. And uh, obviously, I want to first touch on Alonso and his decision to go to Aston Martin. Um, we actually had a... <laughs> We had a question. Well, you said you were going to first. You want to touch Alonso? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like. I don't. I don't like Alonso that well. Um, <laughs> He's a nice bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Not for Lewis Hamilton. Um, uh, we had a, we, we had an, a question from our our mate Grimdog, who asked basically, will Alonso be better suited to the Aston Martin car um, than Vettel was? And mm. I don't. I don't think we see much of a difference. I think Vettel and Alonso are are at a similar level anyway. They're both former world champions, and I don't think Alonso gets any more out of that car than Vettel is. If Vettel can't do it, you know, I'm not saying Alonso can't, but it's it's not, in this case, it's definitely the car, I think, isn't it? Yeah. You know, So I can't really see there being much difference. I mean, fair play is a good move for him, but he's left a better team, in my opinion. And if, you know... Uh, Piastri does go to McLaren and Ricardo goes back to Alpine and then Ricardo might be potentially a lot better than what he's doing at the minute. Yeah, one thing I will say as well, sorry, I can stop if you want. No, yeah, you're all right. Uh, One thing I will say as well is like Aston Martin are are, are a much smaller team than Alpine. Obviously Alpine, they they were Renault and Lotus before and everything. The amount of staff they have in that engine team because of they make the engine, um, Obviously, you know, 
there's a lot more history there. And the, the Aston Martin team, obviously, Force India Racing Point before, are a much smaller team. And yes, they're expanding a lot now. But that, um, it's for Alonso, it's uh, you know, it's, it's quite a sort of down um, move from what he's used to at Alpine, and he's been at McLaren and Ferrari it, um, before. Like it's, uh, um, it's something that's gonna be very different for, for Fernando. Obviously, he's not had that for um, for a long time. And um, my thinking is, I think really Lawrence Stroll is, you know, the Aston Martin brand is a big name. You've got to, you've got to you know, have a big star in in that role. That's why yeah. Seb was there. That's what, um, and Fernando is that big name. Um, he brings you know sponsorship from everywhere. Uh, you can sell things with his Kamoa brand on. Alpine have made a lot of money from that, mm-hmm. um, and so as the McLaren but before. Um, and really, I think the yeah, I think Lawrence Stroll would have got his checkbook out. Ultimately, Lance can't be a number one driver in terms of results. Um, and they need, they need someone who can extract the most out of that car. Um, and Fernando, would, I mean, ultimately as well, he's sort of, I think he sort of wanted to get one up over Alpine. So if he's seen this as an opportunity, he got a load of money from Lance Stroll, uh, sorry, from Lance Stroll. Um, and he's going to be the number one guy, I think, at Aston Martin, surely, because otherwise, why would he make the move? It doesn't make sense to me unless he, you know, that's what I think, because Fernando doesn't do, Fernando's not going to be a number, number two driver. He's uh, Fernando Alonso, you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's for, for me. There's one reason and one reason only he's gone there, and that's for the dollar. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting to. Money. Yeah, it is for, for me all it is. He'll still outrace Lance. Like there's no doubt about. Oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. I think most people. I mean, as much as I like Lance, most people on the current grid would outperform him. Um, yeah. That's just because of the quality out, out out there, in my opinion. But. Obviously, touching on um, Oscar Piastri, and I mean, it's, this is this is a weird one. I I didn't think for one minute. I, I I kind of thought that McLaren might try to get rid of Ricardo. It's just not worked. But I, I was very surprised that they've gone in for for Piastri. I know he's an you know supposedly this incredible talent. Obviously, he's won all these titles at F two and F three level and you know junior level and whatnot. But Obviously, Daniel Ricciardo is one of the most popular drivers on the grid. He's one of the most um, influential drivers in, in not just in Formula One, but in racing. He's got you know all these fans, and he's up there like in stature. I think with the likes of Hamilton and Vettel and Verstappen, and you know he ultimately gets McLaren's brand out there a lot more than what Piastri will do. And again, it's not worked so well, obviously, on the grid. I know we got a win last year at Monza. And I don't think that's down to Ricardo himself being, you know, you know, getting on or, you know, losing a little bit of his flair. The McLaren car has just been abysmal. And obviously Lando Norris has outshone Ricardo, but he's just, he's just, he's done what George Russell has done at Mercedes. They've outperformed with what they're driving in massively. And that's what I think it more is. I think if we'd have seen someone a little bit less talented than Lando Norris, you know, we'd see, uh, you know, a bit more of an even playing field, really. But um, I just can't see, like, looking at, you know, put Alpine up against McLaren this season. I just don't know why he would want to go to McLaren over Alpine at the moment. Maybe it is a money thing. I don't know. But again, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a, a Russell Hamilton situation where 
I don't, I don't, like you say, he's not going to outshine Lando. Yeah, so, exactly. And at, su- at such a young age, why would you take the risk of, of going to such a high profile team where you're going to be in the spotlight and perhaps in a car that's not performing anywhere near where it should be? Like, well, yeah. remember, remember, they they anticipated this car being up there fighting for the podiums this season and it's yeah. just gone the complete opposite way. Yeah. And like you say, why? Yes, okay, they are such a prestigious team and they should be up there, but they're not at the moment. So, you know, he's put in his first ever time in F1 on show in potentially an absolute piece of garbage where he could be actually competing for, you know, some good points in an Alpine and then potentially look at getting a move later on and in his career. But Yeah, like you say, he's up against one of the most talented guys on the grid in Lando Norris, like... He's got to be something incredibly special to, exactly. to to beat him. Whereas, obviously, if he'd have gone to Alpine and it had been alongside Esteban Ocon, I rate Ocon as a driver, mm. but he's he's beatable at the end of the day. I don't know. I mean, Fernando, everyone's saying about how well Fernando's been driving, but Ocon, he's been up there with him. I mean, he's ahead of him in the championship. Yeah, he's not been there in qualifying, but in the race, Ocon's a great driver. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I think yeah, I think Ocon's very underrated actually um, compared to yeah. some others. I think he probably uh, he's up there with like Lando and uh, and Charles. Maybe I, th- I don't think Charles was up there with Lewis and Max. Obviously, I think they're like a different tier. But there's like a tier below like George as well. I think Ocon's probably just a little bit below them lot. But mm-hmm. he, he's up there, you know, especially the last couple of seasons. And that's the problem with with Piastri is Alpine weren't expecting Esteban Ocon to be as good as he was when they first signed him. Because he he was getting beat by Ricardo, the first season when he got back after he came back for, um for the year out for when uh, Stroll went to racing point, and he got beat by Ricardo in the first season in 2020 quite handily. But then when Fernando came in, uh that the first couple races last year, um Ocon was great, and obviously he got a massive contract extension from Alpine. I don't think they were expecting to give to him, and obviously they had Piastri in the wings then, and then they just signed Alonso as well, and then. They gave Ocon the extension and then Piastri came through and they were like, you know, and he kept winning and winning and winning in F2, winning F2 in his first you know, his first season. Not many people do that. And it was already too late because they gave Ocon the contract already and they kind of screwed themselves over. So I can yeah. see what I can see why um, he, Piastri would be annoyed at Alpine because he's, you know, th- th- that that's unfortunate. But then McLaren's not a great situation either because there's something fishy going on there. In general, the car is odd. It, um, Daniel's not really found a groove, and it, it, you know there's there's something really weird with McLaren as well. And it, you know it might be the same for him. So it's a, it's a massive risk for Piastri to one leave the uh, the Alpine Academy to go to McLaren, and two, I yeah I I I think Alpine brought this situation up themselves by um, having basically three drivers on the go at once and. Ultimately, they've lost both, you know, two of them. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Alpine, it's a massive L for Alpine, you could say. But I think they've only brought on themselves. But, what you know, with Ocon, like I was saying, Ocon really, you know, started all this. And I think, you know, he probably is, you know, I mean, he's the second best of the three, I probably would say, pure talent-wise. But he, he has deserved his massive contract, which is what, make, what makes it such an awkward situation for Alpine in the first place. So it was never going to end well. Oh, without a doubt. But for me, I mean, Alpine, they're not going to be short of uh, of potential drivers to, to bring in. I mean, you've you got, you got all the young talent out there. 
uh, you're someone who doesn't hasn't really been talked about much this season in uh, Calamillot, who was absolutely brilliant um, in when he was in F2, and obviously he was denied a seat. Um, he was obviously linked to the Alfa Romeo, didn't get it, but they've got all these young drivers potentially to pick from, and then the drivers who are currently out of F1 have been there before. Obviously, Nico Hulkenberg is a is a prime example of that. Who's someone who they could bring back, you know, popular guy and gets results as well so you know Alpine won't be short of options and of course they're going to want Piastri to stay but I don't see any way back now like, there's too much of a shitstorm has sort of come in now and yeah I think it's pretty much done and dusted I think Alpine need to accept the fact that he's going to just go to McLaren and you know if they can get Ricardo back you know that's that's a brilliant driver lineup in Ricardo and Ocon who was already before mm. and of course, they're going to be a bit hurt that Ricardo left him in the first place for McLaren. And uh, certainly Ricardo's going to sort of uh, have to fall back on the sword a little bit and going back there. But he'll he'll be much better for it. And I think we'll, we'll see a lot more better results for, for Danny if he does go back there. He knows the guys there. Obviously, they've got a massive team, like you say. And he knows the car a lot better than... That, that McLaren, I don't think they've changed too drastically in performance-wise anyway. So it makes sense for that to happen, if it does happen. But as we know, as the last couple of days have taught us, obviously anything can happen. There's still a lot of seats left to be filled on that grid. Uh, one bit of news, obviously, today was that Williams have re-signed, obviously, Alex Albon for the next few years. A multi-year contract, I think. Excellent signing. He's been brilliant this season I think for Williams again outperformed that car which is definitely the slowest car on the grid by country mile you know he's absolutely smashed Latifi pretty much all over the park which isn't that hard to do but who Latifi exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah I think that's enough uh again enough talk of driver movement for the moment otherwise we'll be here all night next up is a topic that I'm very excited to go into. Uh, Ferrari's errors this season, and if Ferrari should be already leading both the drivers' standings and the constructors' standings, it's a big hard yes on both of them for me. They have completely fucked up this season. Obviously, the most obviously noble ones you had last week in Hungary. When they, How their strategists have not been fired yet, I don't know. I mean, they they must have some serious blackmail on the Ferrari. It's been going on for years bosses. as well. It has. This is, like I say, like, they said yeah. it on Sky. Like, this isn't anything new. This has gone on for a long, long time when Vettel was there, when Leclerc obviously was just coming through. And even before that as well, like, I don't know if it's if it's just a Ferrari thing, an Italian thing in general, like, it's, it doesn't... Well, you know he'll be calling the shots, don't you? So it'll be... Well, it's just... It's, it doesn't it doesn't add up. Look, they've got such an incredible driver lineup, And Leclerc himself has admitted that he's made a couple of mistakes this season. And obviously he did at France and cost himself the win there. But they've got the, the fastest car on the grid, no doubt about it. Like, the car is quicker than the Red Bull. So how Verstappen yeah. is leading the, the championship... Was such a he's, big margin. He's just capitalised on a lot of their fuck ups, really, isn't he? Like, obviously, I think he's he's done well for Stepan, yeah. but yeah, he's way ahead of where he should be 
purely based on countering their errors. That's it. Yeah. No, it's just it's like I say, they've you can see how angry Leclerc was, you know, after that after the race last week. And so he should be at the end of the day. And so should Carlos Sainz as well, because obviously he had a little bit of a tricky start to the season, not not really all through faults of his own, but the unreliability of that Ferrari this season has been absolutely ridiculous. Like this is meant to be, you know, their time what they suffered over the last couple of years with poor results to get to this stage for the new cars to be fighting for wins again. And they're just completely messing up yet again. And again, even without the unreliability of their engines, their strategists have to be better prepared. They, they, they knew from that race that the Alpines were struggling on the hard tyres. They've had all weekend to prepare for that moment. And then you, you chuck a set of hards on Leclerc's car. Like it's, it's mind-boggling how how bad they are, and something's obviously desperately got to change within the next couple of weeks, and they need to sort themselves out if they have any chance of changing their round for the second half of the season. I couldn't agree more. Ferrari are just a total mess. You would have thought that the most recognisable F1 team, the one with you know all the history, the you know, the massive amount of staff they have compared to some other teams you know i think they're the most i think they're up there with mercedes in terms of staff um you know they've got the biggest sponsorship deals in you know in in the sport um you would have thought that a team of you know pretty much the number one team you know in terms of most categories money um staff everything in formula one you would have thought they'd be able to function to a very high level but they're so damn dysfunctional is <laughs> you know from from the engines blowing up, every, you know, left, right, and centre to the strategists, you know, it seems like they're not even watching a race sometimes, uh, you know. And it's it's been like this for a while, you know. Mattia Bonotto has been no better than the others. Um, I think Arriva Bene was, you know, harshly fired um, after the 18 season when Bonotto came in, and I really I think they've gone backwards of anything. Um, I, I've saw in the uh, I think I think I saw in uh, foreign media I think it might have been Italian or Swiss media or something that his uh, his job looks in jeopardy for you know, and it's in jeopardy for a reason. Um, I saw rumours that he could even be fired in the summer break, which I mean is yeah is fair enough. But with Ferrari, yeah, like like you guys were saying or like you were saying, Ryan, yeah, they've lost the championship already in my opinion i think red bull and Mats are running away with it now um and i'd probably say 70 percent of it is not their drivers is the team where it's strategists you know uh engine failures uh parts breaking that that is probably 70 30 maybe even 80 20 because Charles made a few mistakes and he's you know he's said that but that you know it's just everything that can go wrong is going wrong possible like the man united of uh, of F1 or like the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL you know they're a massive team but it's like the name's too big sometimes and everything just goes wrong I don't know if you guys feel like that but yeah it is exactly like that like they're just making the wrong decision at every opportunity this season and uh, their drivers deserve a lot better than that they're two of the most you know talented drivers on the grid we said at the start of the season that they arguably had the best you know line up on the grid and it's just it's just mad how they're getting these things wrong um but i do hope they do sort it out for the second half of the season because you, you do want to see some kind of title battle you don't 
really want to see it. Unless you're a Verstappen fan, then it's a bit boring to see him win it with, you know... Are you having a dig at me? Two, three, four, five races left. Well, it moves us on to our to our next topic, actually, quite nicely. Um, mm. has, has, has Max Verstappen already won the title? Mm, yeah, well... What, is he, six, is he <laughs> six, 67 points or something ahead? Something yeah, like I mean, as providing he finishes a race, he's going to pretty much be up there majority of the time, I think, isn't he? For, I mean, unless some unbelievable magic happens in, let's say, the Mercedes car over over the summer break. I mean, but, how, I mean, there's not many races left anyway, is there, after the summer break? There's only about, what, six in there? Is it six or eight? Something like it's, that. It's uh, nine races and the yeah. gap's 80 points. Between, uh, there you go, yeah, Sam. You're the new stats man. Yeah. <laughs> nine. That that puts a different spin on it for me. I thought, I swear, watching the F1 the other day, that they said there was only six left after the summer break. But nine races. It's a lot. Still a lot of points that could be won and lost. You know. Yeah. Again, I think eight is Red a Bull, big gap. Though. Oh, it's a massive gap. Like mm. I say, they've they would he would have to win at least what four races and hope that Verstappen scored no points just to bridge that gap. And that's that's it's a probably big not going to happen. Yeah. No, I I think Ferrari can't be worse. I think they will improve the second half of the season. But I just I for me the it's it's too far now. It's it's too far gone to sort of make any kind of impact unless that Red Bull just falls off a cliff and just completely you know loses all its performance. Um, but uh, it's just I. I don't think we could, like I say, unless we see that Mercedes improve massively and start to challenge for podium. They've started pushing there, haven't they? You know, they, they're getting, Hamilton's getting up there now. Russell's arguably the most consistent driver there is this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's potentially a little bit too late. But if yeah. the car, you know, if the car does improve over the summer break, it, you could maybe see what could have been. But... Yeah, I think it's just too little, too late at the moment. And Ferrari pff, reliability in in every aspect is just out the window at the minute. So as long as Red Bull just keep steady, it's it's an easy win in my opinion. Well, yeah, I can honestly see. Um, I can honestly see Mercedes finishing above Ferrari in the constructors' championship this year. The way it's will. going, it's yeah. very close, isn't it? It's, what's mm, there, like twenty points, something like that? Oh, not even that. Now. It's 30 points for uh, Ferrari on 334 and Mercedes on 304. Okay. It's not not a lot because Mercedes will be better in the second mm. half of the season. They seem to have now sorted out their issues. And if they can bring more upgrades to the car, and it seems like uh, Lewis especially has, has now got more confidence in the car than what he yeah. did at the start of the season. Yeah, Lewis and, has been a machine lately. Yeah, especially in Hungary. I think if, if mm. we'd have had three, four, five more laps... He would have won. He would have won. It would have been a completely different story. And, you know, we'd all be hailing the return of the Mercedes. But I think, <laughs> um, again, like George Russell has just been incredible this season. He was never, I don't think he was ever really in with a major chance of winning that Grand Prix last week, even though he started on pole. Like I said, he didn't, he wasn't, he said on commentary, he wasn't quickest in any specific no. place. He was just quick overall mm. and nailed the lap. And, that's ultimately what got him that pole position. And to be fair to him, you know, he was there for most of the race. Like it was only when he had to pit and 
I think the tyre situation... Uh, you got yeah. a little swallowed up, didn't you? It was just weird. It. Yeah, it was weird, though, with the tyres. Like, at one stage, some tyres were working, and at another stage, they worked, some weren't working. It didn't... It was odd, and obviously, the weather had a had a major impact on that, and it's a shame mm. that we didn't get any any more VSCs or any, a safety car, because it would have been nice for the race just to go on a little bit longer to see how the rain would have effect, affected things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately when we look at them, if they're up there in the second half, like competing for podiums and possible wins, obviously then you've got, what, six drivers there vying for three places yeah. at each Grand yeah, yeah. Prix. You know, there's every chance that if it's, if it's a Grand Prix that more that favours Ferrari and Mercedes more than it does Red Bull, like, like we will see, then you know, there's, there's scenarios where Perez especially, but maybe Max could you know lose out on potential podiums here and there because we've seen that at tracks where obviously the high downforce is needed and you know you need to get around them corners quickly. Obviously, the Red Bull they've built their car differently this season. It's more for the high speed tracks and you know the straights more than anything really. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I just want to see actually what tracks are left to see who's which which who's going to be more suited in this sort of. Um, Spa and Monza, the next uh, two or two of the next three, uh, that would be very Red Bull centric because a lot of straights. Um, and especially Monza as well, the Red Bulls are incredibly fast in the straight line, and there aren't. You know, there's everyone has up there incredibly. Uh, they're all incredibly basically flat, or um, the base. You know, the the rear wing in Monza, they're the Monza spec rear wing, which if you have that in the car, it it can change the performance. So for example, McLaren in Monza last year, they had they were they were probably had it the most of anyone, and they were challenging you know in the sprint and in the race mm-hmm. and Monza straight line speed Monza if you can nail that you're going to get a good result and Red Bull have nailed that all season yeah pretty much every single race yeah. we've seen the story strong favourites I mean you've got yeah seen the story in, of the um, of the Ferrari you know it's like oh yeah Charles can get on pole but you know the Red Bull in DRS range it's hard yeah. to pass and it's you know, and you once it gets past the car then you, it's a sort of game over really because of how quick they are in a straight line. It's probably interesting. Yeah. On. In between those two races, obviously, we've got the Dutch Grand Prix. Mm, that's um, more Ferrari suited, that one. That, yeah. And mm. that'll be interesting as well. Obviously, Verstappen's home, home Grand yeah, Prix. Um, nothing would give me more greater pleasure than either Leclerc, Sainz, Hamilton, or especially Hamilton, or Russell winning that Grand Prix. Sorry, that's I didn't <laughs> hear that. I didn't hear what you just said. It was just breaking up a little bit. One thing you, you need to know about the championship as well is that uh, Perez is only five points behind Leclerc. So, yeah, I, I haven't been impressed with Perez this season. I think no, he's he had this sort of couple of races, but other than that, yeah, he has underperformed. I don't think Red Bull are, are going to be that happy with how he has done, really, because he hasn't been up there. Look, Verstappen is generational, but he's not. You know, I don't think he's been that great of a number two this season, especially than what he was last season. Last season, obviously, he massively helped in Verstappen winning the title in certain races. This season, we haven't seen that from Perez. And, yeah, I think um, we can definitely see more from him. But then after that, I mean, you've got Singapore. I mean, I think that's more towards Ferrari, uh, perhaps. 
Japan again. That'll be Red Bull. Uh, yeah, and you got the United States. That's more Red Bull, I think, isn't it? Yeah. You'd say. Mexico's more Ferrari. Brazil. Ferrari. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Abu Dhabi. So yeah, it'll be it'll be done by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll will. be shocked if it goes. I'll be shocked if it gets. You know, if the championship's not sealed by Austin, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, and it's a it's a shame as well because mm. it, it was it, it it could have been built up to much more of a tight race this season than than obviously I mean nothing was going to compare to last season, but we should have. Do you been know, Ryan, I can't wait till Max takes the title legitly and. Ah, so you eat your words a little bit, but like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to call him a world champion then, because yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> have that opinion. He, he, yeah. he would have, he would have fully deserved yeah. it. They're called Hamilton <laughs> fans. No, they're called, they're called sane Formula One fans. <laughs> it's even if it's even ones who don't even watch F1, but just you know, know, know a little bit. Tipping, and yeah. Have, have you know have the thing where it's like, oh, okay, he didn't, he didn't. Because obviously everybody watched that race. You know, it was on free to air TV as well. It's like. That raises broke records, so everyone knows about it. Uh, yeah. When you see the people like you, people like Nick Knowles, for example, he doesn't stop going on about <laughs> it. Like, I don't know if you boys have seen that. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're, like I say, they're right. I mean, there's a there's a reason that you know the race director, you know, Michael. Do you Massey's... know? I read, I read the other day he signed up, had to sign an NDA to not yeah, speak about it. That. Never realized yeah. it. Yeah, funny, <laughs> yeah. funny that insert. Um, yeah. And just like he had no confidence to go out of the house or anything as well. Like people <laughs> say, different. So, so that he is... shouldn't. No, no, of course he should, of course yeah. he shouldn't be receiving like death threats and things like that. <laughs> anything um, that oh, that should be Latifi. Um, wow. Okay. Oh. Only, only going, back to, going back to um, the thing as well, like ultimately it happened. You know, it was human error. But I mean, Max, you can't deny that he has been the best driver on the grid the last two years. He's been so consistent, you know. He's on another level. Only Lewis can match him, really. You can't, you can't deny that. I, I wouldn't understand me. He's, (laughs) yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, the biggest Max fan, but it's just, it's just facts. Like, yeah, he. This, this, this season, yeah, I I won't argue. This season, he's been the best driver on the track. Like, uh, especially in in races where he hasn't had the quickest car and he still managed to win. Like, he hasn't got that naivety about him like he did before we're not seeing more more crashes with people we're not seeing you know all these incidents that we've seen previously so he is maturing as a driver which he should be obviously yeah. getting you know got more experience in the race car now and whatnot um i'm just annoyed that the fact that we've seen these we've seen battles between him and leclerc and the fact that he has respect for leclerc but we didn't see that for Hamilton last season and Johnny Herbert touched on that on on, on air and I, and I was glad to see actually someone on Sky touch on that because it's, it seems like it's only sort of him and Ted that but really you, touch on the subject that that works really. But do you think that's purely just down to the fact that and don't take this the wrong way but he was probably real threatened by Hamilton and he probably isn't with Leclerc. Mm, I, you know, I, yeah, like, maybe. I agree with that. It, it, I don't think Charles on Lewis's level and nowhere no. near like He's fast, but he's got too many mistakes in him. I think Max knows that as well. Exactly. He stays steady and he's he's got him really, hasn't he? So Oh yeah, no, well I yeah. I, I think that definitely does does play some part into it. And obviously as the season went on we saw more and more 
uh, tension between not just obviously the drivers but the teams as well. But that was sort of captured quite well in the um, in Drive to Survive. But um, yeah, over, overall, it's it's nice to see a little bit more respect between them this season. You know, we saw we saw it a little bit last week after the race, and um, that was great. The two of them laughing at Ferrari, putting the hard tyres. <laughs> it was, was yeah. That was yeah, awesome. <laughs> so they should, you know, everyone yeah. should be laughing at Ferrari right now, quite frankly. But like I say, um, one one question I actually want to get in before we do wrap up this week. Um, I haven't prepared this question. I haven't given you the chance to sort of prepare for it in any way. But if you can name one driver this season that has massively outperformed not just the car, but their expectations... Who would you pick? Oh, that is that is put me on the that spot. That is, yeah. Um, I, oh, do you know what? I, I mean, I probably say the easy answer is probably Albon. Alex Albon, he's been great. I think he's always been talented, and Rebel didn't really treat him right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but um, but he's he's come back massively. You know, he's always been talented. He's a very quick driver in qualifying pace as well. They they always said when coming into um to F one, they said Alex maybe even faster than Lando and George. You know, he's always had it. But um, things obviously he's had to go through a lot more adversity than George and Lando have, who sort of have just come into the sport and haven't really faced the challenges that Alex had from day one, from day dot. You know. Uh, Alex is an easy answer, um, and I think yeah, he in a couple of years' time he's got to get you know I can see him driving of someone like you know an Alpine or just someone a, a, you know or McLaren maybe you know I think that he was rumored to be in, in talks with McLaren before mm. signing this new contract with Williams, but Alex Albon. But um, my I, I'm gonna go up to I'm gonna have a um, a sort of under the radar mention someone who's not really been. Uh, outperform the car but someone who I'm being very impressive is Ocon like I was saying earlier I think he will be the next Mercedes driver alongside George when Lewis retires mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's I think fair. yeah I think that's an interesting one but that's what I think I think that's possible I don't know I'm just it's possible yeah. I mean I think for me like the obvious answer would have either been Russell or Norris and they have been exceptional I think Ocon is definitely someone you can say has had a very impressive season to obviously be outperforming, you know, a former world champion in Fernando Alonso, who's still performing at a high level. It shows how well he's done. I think another honourable mention is Valtteri Bottas, who's sort of, no one yeah. really expected much from him at Alfa Romeo. And of course, their car is decent this season, but he's been excellent in that car, it has to be said. Um, I'm actually going to say one that most may not agree with, but considering how he was last season, and of course they had a terrible car last season, and they got a better car this year. But I, can't, I think Mick Schumacher has been really impressive this season, especially in, in certain races where he's got into P3 as well. And I think he's definitely maturing, and he's getting more and more used to the car. And I think we're he's improving all the time. And you know, obviously he's ten points off. Uh, his teammate Kevin Magnussen which isn't a massive gap really when you think that Magnussen's an experienced driver very good driver and um, to be 15th in the championship I don't think is a bad return and there's the cue for Drew to come in sorry it went dead down <laughs> in here yeah um, 
I just want to mention that you said P3 instead of Q3, but Q3, I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I knew what you meant. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Um, but you also uh, stole two of my picks, really. And first of all, it was going to be Norris. I don't think he's outperformed his team's expectations because I think he's better than he is and he knows he's better than he is, but he's definitely outperformed that car. Yeah. He's seventh in the standings. He's got an absolute piece of shit. Excuse yeah. the French, but he's done well to be there and be where he is. Um, and my second pick is Bottas. And like I say, it is literally because Alfa Romeo, low expectations. Yes, they've got a great car this year. Um, it's a team that never really scored points, if any. Um, I mean, when you from, look. From what I know, and, you know, he's he's in, he's in ninth. Like, yeah, like the fact that he's got 46 points and his teammate, who obviously is a rookie, has got five. I've been impressed with Jogu on you as well, though. He's, I have. Yeah, I yeah, was just I've been really say. impressed. He's, he's out qualified him. I think out qualified Bottas like three or four races in a row. And obviously he had you know the three DNF or three or four DNF streak in there as well because you know Ferrari reliability. But um, he had he had that sort of thing. And now I think Joe Guanyu could have 20, 30 points more than he has personally. He's, de- he's, he's definitely put the pressure on Bottas. I, I definitely do think. And like you say, had he not DNF'd, could he have been higher? Or you know he'd be very close to him at least. Without a doubt, um, I mean, like, yeah, like you say, like I, I, I've been impressed with him, especially, and I think he's almost nailed on for a seat in F1, and not just because of, that he's a he's a good young driver, but I think it definitely helps the fact of where he's from and who he represents. Obviously, China, one of the biggest countries in the world, and obviously they're desperate to have you know a Chinese driver on the grid, without a doubt. So I think that would definitely help him in that respect. It's about diversity as well. And like you say, it's not really, you know, it's like it goes down to political stuff and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it's it's bringing so much culture yeah. together. It's not just about the sport. It's about every, you know, countries coming together, enjoying obviously the sport, but there's other things to it and, you know, life opinions and all that sort of stuff that, contribute to, it's a to much how bigger, good F1 actually is. Yeah, it's a much bigger sport now than what it was two, three years ago. 100%. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's got, you've seen that with every Grand Prix being sold out this season. It's been, mm. for someone who's tried to get F1 tickets, can speak from experience and how frustrating it is to try and get them. I mean, they just go like that. And yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just, it's mad when you think like how many hundreds of thousands of people are at each Grand Prix and like the fact that m- the majority of those are sitting like on the grass watching it basically on the TV which they could be doing at home is m- is mind-blowing to me and obviously last season helps that because it was one of the best seasons if not the best season ever but even still like we're seeing it improve more and more obviously these young drivers are helping in, in that respect because obviously they're not just F1 drivers they have sort of things going on outside their 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 driving lives as well and mm. you look at the army of fans they have especially like you know norris just you know look at the fans that he has and uh especially from not the game unbelievable community. following unbelievable he has following. obviously verstappen is probably verstappen and hamilton obviously the most notable ones and you, everywhere you go it's either you know orange smoke or a British flags like at every single grand prix it just shows the influence that both of those have as well on the sport yeah. but um 
it definitely couldn't be in a, in a, in a worse place than what it is now. But finally, I'm going to ask the same question, but the opposite. Mm, I was going to say you're going to ask that because, yeah, there the, is. The most well drivers. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty disappointed, actually, with uh, Kevin Magnussen. He started so well, and I, I know there's still a little bit to go, and he is in 11th for a Haas driver, so you can't really put him down on that. But I just thought he was going to be so much better than he has been. And yeah. I don't I, I know it's horrible because, again, he's not he's got a good, you know, it's a good enough car. But it's, it's still one car. of the lower, it's still one of the lower end cars. And at the end of the day, he's still bringing in more points. And, you know, I think, yeah, he ever did for us. And anyway, but, um, yeah, like just the way he's qualifying and all sorts of stuff at the start of the season, I thought, yeah, he's going to be, you know, cont- not contending for the top, but a, a strong mid-pack sort of position. But it's just kind of fizzled off. He's there in t- with 22 points. I don't know. Just a bit of a disappointment for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think we, we we can definitely see more to come from him. And I think the Haas is a, is, is a better car than the points that they're getting right now, if that makes sense. Like, they, I think they're, they're kind of underachieving at the moment especially as it you know they, they had those rough years over the last couple of years to build for this time and I think they would have expected a little bit more a few more better results here and there but certainly to, to just be 10 points ahead of a driver like Mick who's only recently come into the sport has got little experience yeah I yeah I think that 100% he's he's been underwhelming um I mean, Imagine if Mazepin that still was still in that seat. By the way, imagine how bad Haas would be with the car they've got. Yeah, they'd have no money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think. Just, yeah. Just, can, you, can you remember after after Jeddah and Mix crash, and they were like going on about how like literally they didn't have replacement chassis and stuff for his car, and they were panicking over budget and stuff. Cap, but yeah. Like, yeah. One thing I will say about this season, as you say about Magnussen and stuff, it's cool that you have different teams. You know, basically in the top ten each week. Yeah. You know, every team has scored points. You know, it, Williams getting a couple. You know, things like like that doesn't happen very often. You know, you had seasons where teams score no points. You know, lost a couple of years we've seen it. Um, well, sort of. You know, especially with Williams as well. But it's just nice seeing you know turning up and seeing. Oh, okay, Alfa Romeo and Haas are good this year. Oh, hang on a minute, no. You've got McLaren and Alpine, they're like the top of the boat. You know, it, it does yeah. change each time, and it's great to see. Obviously, Aston and Williams are sort of just a little bit behind, but you know, sometimes the Haas will qualify P5, sometimes they'll qualify P15. You know, <laughs> that's nice to see. It's just a little bit of because yeah. you know, is. although it's not, we've not got the title fight at the front, you know, below that, you, it's, the battles because yeah. the cards are so close in performance, all the midfield basically, anyone can battle with anyone, and that's nice to see. It has been very exciting, you have to say. Like, yeah, you get, you, you, at, at any given time, we saw it in Austria, like, you're getting three, four, five, even six cars, you know, in that, like, kind of DRS train. We're seeing so many more overtakes, which was promised, obviously, with these new cars, which, again, is only good for the for the sport. And, and at least, like you say, if there's not a title battle going on, there's all these midfield battles. And, and like you say, like, every Grand Prix is different. We saw... No, not many people expected McLaren to have a half decent car for Hungary last weekend, you know, and, and they were up there. And again, like 
from one race to the next, you don't know if Alfa Romeo are going to be better than Alpine or if um, Aston Martin are going to be, you know, better than Alfa Tauri or something. You know, it's just it's just crazy. Um, in terms of my pick for the most underwhelming and one who's probably disappointed me the most is probably Yuki Tsunoda. Um, although the Alpha Tauri, really, Ooh. yeah. I don't I mean, know. Al- I mean, I disagree Al- with that. The Alpha obviously, isn't fight, as, fight. N- nowhere, nowhere near as good as what it was last year. Mine's Gasly, so. Well, Ga- yeah, well, Gasly, <laughs> yeah. five more points than him, and and the obviously he's in in thirteenth. But I think, like Sonoda, is just like last last season. When 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 you've seen him, he's got those little moments of brilliance. And you can see, you know, he's he's a bit like a young, not as talented Max Verstappen, in my opinion. Like he's Very got mouth, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's, got he, he's got he's got he's got pace there, <laughs> but you see him, we see him way too many mistakes from him, in my opinion. Like although I think it was in France, it wasn't his fault. I don't think when he spun, it was him who spun, wasn't it? Not Gasly. Yes, it was. I, yeah, it I can't was. Yeah, I think it was someone else who hit him once. It was it Magnussen or someone like that. Anyway, but I, 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 I expect us to see a little bit more. I think him and Gasly have have underperformed. Whether it's more to do with the car and the car being really bad this year, I don't know. It is a little bit to do with the car, but yeah, like mine, mine is Gasly because I think mean, Avatar, like you say, in general, have disappointed this season. But we're used to seeing Gasly outperform that car. You know, we're used to seeing him dragging the AlphaTauri into Q3. You know, the last couple of seasons he's been up there with the likes of um, Lando and George. You know, people who've you know got the best out of the car. But this year, Pierre's not done that. He's, you know, Yuki's been faster at some tracks. Of you know, they're very close in in qualifying. Actually, um, one of the closest sort of battles compared to you know. Uh, com- compared to like uh, Verstappen and Perez, for example, which isn't very close. Um, but I think yeah, Yuki's been. I think Yuki's been what I expected of him. But Pierre, I think Pierre's been a little bit too close to Yuki than I thought he would be. And I think that's why Pierre Gasly is my underwhelming one because we've seen him do what, for example, what Ocon's doing Alpine, for example. We've seen him do that the last couple of years. This year he's had a bit of a down year, so he's been a little bit under- underwhelming for me personally. I think you could also say Alonso considering he's been mm. outperformed by Ocon. He's been a lot... Fernando's been unlucky, though, because I think that I think as he's really annoyed with Alpine as well, because obviously he's out-qualified Ocon every single time, but he's had a lot of DNFs, Fernando has, and a lot yeah. of them haven't been his fault, but I do agree, and strategy as well. Obviously, he's had to play a team player for Ocon a lot of the time as well when, when he's had a problem, like, mm. um, you know, Monaco, we've seen other ones as well. But I, I think Fernando... There's something weird with Fernando with the fact that where he... He has been very, very fast, and you hear it on Sky every week. Where you're like, "Oh, Fernando's on the top of his form," but yet somehow he does get beat by Ocon most weeks. And exactly. obviously, a lot of it's not his fault, but a lot of it, he has made a few mistakes. Um, like obviously, he's not on the same level as Max or Lewis. But um, yeah, Fernando's an interesting one because he's been so fast in qualifying, but he, I think he's just been very unlucky. Like Ricardo, for example, like he's had everything go wrong for him in some Grand Prix, mm. um, and a, a lot of people haven't had that. Uh, like Ocon, who's always there, right place, right time to pick up P5, P6. I've been you know? more frustrated by the fact that in certain races this season, we've, we've seen incidents where 
you've got perhaps a top three, top four, top five, one side of the track, and then you've got the rest of the grid, the other side of the track, all in a little train behind fucking Fernando Alonso, uh, <laughs> holding holding everybody up. I think he did it. It was at Monaco, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, but I think yeah. some of the time it's because they yeah they had an issue and Alpine wanted to try and um, I think with, with Ocon was. There's been between Ocon and Hamilton, I think it was in Monaco, yeah. and I think they wanted to. That was why, but it's happened a couple of times. It happened somewhere else as well. It might have been. Yeah. It was a couple of races afterwards, but it, yeah, Fernando's done that a few times. It's, it's but um, frustrating. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, we have a few questions as well, some of which we have answered already in in the podcast today. Um, but we'll go through a couple that we haven't. Uh, one's come in saying do we think Danny Rick will have an F1 seat next season absolutely yes he will do you two agree yes Sam yes but I, I don't think the there's thing, any way he can't uh, see the thing with McLaren as always obviously they they, they were adamant saying oh he'll, he's our driver in 2023 right but they never said in F1 obviously McLaren have all the teams in other series and stuff so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and boot him over to another, another series and obviously still have him in contract but I think he's going to be in F1 yeah but I wouldn't be surprised if they try and do something like that because they have said he's our driver in 2023 and McLaren have been a bit shady obviously with all the stuff going on with Alex Palu and IndyCar and stuff like that the last couple of weeks McLaren have had a bit of a yeah, a, a dodgy time of it. But yes, I think ultimately, I think he will be a driver probably for Alpine. Yeah, I don't like the criticism that, you know, was 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 given to him, especially like he hasn't. I don't think he's been backed that well by, by Zach Brown either. I think he could have been perhaps no, a little bit more supportive. he's been really weird. Zach Brown has. He, he has. Like, it's, uh, think, it's weird. I don't know how to explain it, but it just something that doesn't seem right there. I think he's lucky to have that job still, considering... That how bad that McLaren's been this season, especially uh, the fact that they haven't made inroads, like considering what they was like last season. Um, you know, I think he'll be lucky if they continually have a poor second half of the season, still be at McLaren next year. But obviously, um, we don't know about that one. Um, in terms of any other ones, obviously we've already spoken about LP next season. We've just mentioned it there that we think. Ricardo will be in that other Alpine seat. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, we are in agreement. Yeah, sorry, I'll just fix my microphone a minute. That's, that's all right. <laughs> yep, sorry. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, the uh, the uh, Alpine will be sorry. Ricardo will be Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Can uh, you repeat the question, good sir? Well, I, can, I did not hear that. I can repeat the question. Um, it was another question from Grimmy who asked who will be in the hot seat at Alpine next season. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's got to be Ricardo. We think, we think it'll be Ricardo. Be. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> another one that's come in from Mr. Jelly, who's asked if we think Hamilton will get Mr. a win this Jelly. season. Uh, yes. It's very possible. I think so. Yeah. I can, very soon as well. I can see yeah. it being... Um, do you know what? Maybe even Zandvoort. Which would be amazing. Yeah, yeah would, I think so. I think it would so. be, it would be just glorious if I. Happened. I bet you'd, I bet you'd absolutely love that. <laughs> I would. I, 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 there's no apart from the British Grand Prix. There's no other Grand Prix I'd love him to win more than that one. Just because we haven't actually touched touched on the fact that we've we've seen obviously all these reports of um, you know, sort of fan disturbance at certain Grand Prix this season. I think it most notably was in Austria. 
when we saw quite a lot of people on Twitter speaking about um, that they, you know, there was there was abuse thrown at certain people um, around uh, sort of the Grand Prix and in the and in the stands and whatnot. And I don't want to just point the finger at Verstappen fans because um, obviously it's not just them, but it seemed to be a lot of that, and it was more directed at uh, females and people wearing sort of British flags obviously Hamilton's Mercedes supporters and you know the F- FY obviously need to make sure they they clamp down on that massively um especially mm-hmm. at the Dutch Grand Prix as well obviously the majority of obviously will be Verstappen fans there but you, you still want to be you know feel safe at any Grand Prix and not feel like you're being targeted no matter who you're It's not a football him. match, is it, at the end of the day? Um, no, it's not. I think that's no. just what the Max fans are supposed to not, or, you know, not pointing fingers, but a lot of those, um, that's what the, the atmosphere they try and create, you know, the flares and, and, and uh, yeah. you know, smoke grenades and things. That's what they try and create. And ultimately, I mean, for someone who likes football, yes, but a lot of the time as well, like, obviously that's banned in this country in the first place. Like, it is illegal like when you think yeah. about it, like it, it shouldn't be happening anyway. And you know, being, you know, you know, discriminating against people, you know, you, you know, it's, that's not right either. And yeah, it's F one is meant to be a safe place. And yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, ultimately none of that should be happening. But yeah, yeah they need I mean, to look at it because it sounds like it happened a lot. And like I said, it's not football. It's a really respectful place. And ninety nine point nine percent of the people know that. <laughs> But there's a select you, few that you do think that when you come, down. you come away from a race though and you think like like I say I'm I'm a Verstappen fan Ryan's a Hamilton fan but I still talk about it with him after and I still like if he's had a good drive you still respect it like I'm not gonna mm. you know it's different with football teams where you know you have a little dig here and there and you know like you say in extreme cases is you know the hooligans like absolutely hate each other with their rivalries and all that sort of stuff um but it's just F1 is just not that sport, I don't think. And you never really like, yeah, okay, you know, Ryan moans or he'll say, oh, yeah, like he hopes for Stappen loses all sort of stuff. But that's as that's as bad as it gets. It's not like poisonous. No, when you get into the stage of when we're seeing drivers crash, um, obviously that's the last thing we want to see. And yeah, when you no get who it is, yeah, and when you get in fact, I mean, I saw someone a lot of um, people were defending the fact that a lot of the Verstappen fans were were cheering and clapping when Hamilton obviously crashed in Austria and they were saying well the British fans did it when Verstappen crashed at Silverstone and I watched that race back after that and I didn't I didn't hear that on the telly uh, it was when I was when I was there it was quite loud <laughs> oh well, I mean I mean I, yeah. I don't I don't think it was obviously again you, you're, in the, you're in the midst midst of a intense title battle and of course Hamilton fans at that time like myself included absolutely hated and despised Verstappen and Red Bull and obviously vice versa as well you know um, yeah, but you, we're not going to have a fight about it though are we no you're not you're not going to especially if you're there as well you don't you don't get to the stage where you're abusing and potentially getting violent with other I've been to a Grand Prix um in Monza, obviously, and I was there alongside the Stappen fans, Dutch people, and they were they were very nice. They were very very friendly. Obviously, that was at a time when the Stappen wasn't 
Kieran's uh, wins, but he is now competing against Hamlin. And of course, you're always going to have that rivalry and you know, a, a bit of bat banner here and there is absolutely fine. But like I say, when you get to that stage where people are a bit sort of fearful of going to a Grand Prix because of you know maybe a certain section of fans being there and having that intimidation factor, then mm. they have to obviously tap down on that and they have to make. It's definitely not a great yeah. image, is it? No. no. It's like when I when I was at Silverstone, again you know, the race has just gone. Um, one of the biggest sort of one of the things that made the most noise when we were there was when Max was slowing down because he ran over the bit of debris. That was, yeah, I can't lie, that was a very loud thing. But I think it was because people were just enjoying the race more than anything. I think that got that got taken out of context going into the the race in Austria. I mean, sorry, um, sorry, that's. Sorry, that's that, I think I think that's that's absolutely okay. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. It was fine. And when I was yeah, but obviously if it's a, if it's a crash, I think that's no, that's that's different. Yeah, that's completely different. Yeah, I agree with you. It's the excitement of it all, isn't it? It's like it's like when you know if uh, just Hamilton has a spin or something, I'll be like to Ryan, I'll like laugh about it, but I'm not gonna. I don't mean it in a nasty way. It's just like. Well, no, because you're you're a Verstappen fan, and you and you want your driver to win. Exactly, but it's not like oh, I hope he, I hope he at, like kills himself or something. It's just like oh yes, like my driver's gone ahead. Like I'm buzzing for him. It's absolutely yeah. horrible when you when you experience the crash though, because when we, when we were there a couple of weeks ago, when the Zhou Guanyu crash happened, we were mm. left in the dark for like half an hour. Nobody knew what went, what went on. It yeah. was just it was just red flag. And honestly, like I was te- I was, I was texting my mates back at home, going like oh um you know what's going on and they didn't really even know themselves but when you're there and yeah you know, it's really um it's yeah you know, it's, it's, it's horrible serious, to see but isn't it i bet it's honestly yeah. it's, it's and then when you first see the replay you're like wow but i've never heard a bigger ovation than when Zhou guan yu was confirmed okay that was mm. like it was honestly it gave me shivers like it was like you know like on the back of the neck like that kind of thing it's like wow okay it was I'm like a real didn't die yeah honestly know, it was horrible that, that... And for people that were, I was on the complete opposite end of the track. So I was at, um, I was at Club, uh, the Vail, the Vail going, to, going down to Club Corner, which is actually the last corner of Silverstone. Obviously, that's, yeah. you know, you can't see any of it. So we went, we didn't know, but everybody just collected a pause. And that's, that's what you need in F1. Rather, that's what it should be, rather than, yeah, cheering, which obviously, like, like we've been saying, it's a select few. And but they do put a bad name on everyone else's in because it, it shouldn't be happening in the first place. Like, have some respect, exactly. if you know what I mean. That's it. And and these people that it's the same as what they now do, obviously at football, where if you're if you're seen sort of either by stewards or on camera or whatever, you know, hurling abuse at someone or making people feel uncomfortable, then those people are are chucked out and and they're given bans at the end of the day. And that's what they need to. Sort of, I know, I know it's a lot harder at a Grand Prix because if you've got, you know, a few hundred thousand there or you know, half a million people there, it's a bit different than a football stadium where Maxi might have as sort of forty, fifty thousands. Like, obviously, it's a bit different in that respect. But again, they should be more on top of it, and it's all right making videos and getting all the drivers to say, you know, this isn't right, this isn't right. You know, you've got to take further action on that without a doubt, and. Um, Hopefully, it's something that you know we don't see any more of, you know, going forward. But um, you'd always have people who have to take th- that rivalry just that little bit too far, and it's the same with all sport. You know, obviously, it's not just football, and it's not just you can never curb it completely, one. can you? You can never no, curb it. 
No, you can't. Mm. Football's not. such a hostile atmosphere, and it's not nice being there half the time um, compared to other sports. Like it's, I'd probably say Formula One is probably the, you know, I don't know, safest I've felt watching a sport. Yeah, so, you know, being you know the atmosphere is amazing. Everybody's there for the one thing, just because of the love of the drivers. You know, it's not about rivalry. It's not about hate. You know, it's like you know, I'm a massive Bristol City fan. You know, if I see a Rovers fan, I'm gonna be like, oh, okay. You know, you know, if I see a Cardiff fan, but like if I the wrong crowd, you're gonna have a, you know, people yeah, are gonna you, probably you start know, fighting you know, with it's, you. <laughs> it's scary things, but like yeah, if you you're not gonna get that in Formula One because it's a really nice, safe atmosphere, and that's one thing I love about the sport is because everybody gets on. So, but it. It, if it gets if it starts getting like football, then it's not going to be a very nice place to be, and it, it won't look very good from the outside. No, no without a doubt. Um, I think that wraps us up nicely. I was going to ask another question just to upset um, our friend Ben, but I don't. I don't think I'm going to ask, ask it because it might drag the podcast on for a lot longer than. Is it? Is it a heavy debate? Just to tell you, I ask it, and we'll leave it as an open question. Okay. Um, I already know perhaps Drew's answer to it, but I'm interested to see Sam's answer to it. Um, who but don't answer it. <laughs> who, 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 who is the great the greater driver out of Hamilton and Schumacher? Oh, that that is yeah. I'm not going to answer that one. That is... <laughs> I have a very long, very long. Yeah, you um, could talk about it for hours. Angry feud with um, with Ben about it. Oh, Obviously, yeah. he, he 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 has a strong dislike to Hamilton and. Obviously, he loves Schumacher, and um, for me, I've watched Hamilton, and I didn't watch Schumacher at the time. And obviously, you can only sort of sometimes go off stats, but we could we could be here debating at that that for a very long time. So <laughs> I was just I was just intrigued to see to see the answer. But by the way, Ben is Hamilton. <laughs> so that that does conclude us for for this week. Sam, podcast. I don't think uh, I don't think Ryan's here anymore. I think he's gone. It's just me and you now. Drop the mic. It's <laughs> a bombshell. Um, uh, but you're not yeah. invited next week. <laughs> we'll um we will we will we, uh, we will be back if I can get my words out um a lot sooner than what we have been previously. Uh, probably in a couple of weeks' time before. The start of the next Grand Prix, obviously yeah. next year, Belgium for Spa, one of the There's most some interesting s- info built up and hopefully, have a bit yeah, more to talk about a little bit more news and obviously we can build up to to Spa, which is one of my favourite Grand Prix. I think everyone's favourite. Oh, mine, yeah, I love that track. It's brilliant, and obviously we never know what we're going to get with the weather. Obviously last year it was a bit, um, you know, shit considering, but hopefully yeah. this season we get a bit more of a bit more of a mixture but yeah that does conclude the podcast for this week so thank you all for listening if you have made it all the way to the end very well done um and until next time we'll see you very soon adios